from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. You are listening to Mississippi's number one sports talk show, The Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming worldwide live on the Out of Bounds Radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Soul. Ah, good morning. Welcome in. Key City Beer is out of Vicksburg, Mississippi. We support local. We hope you do too. You can find Key City Beer at Fleetway Market. Well, they've got over 20 Fleetway Markets, but you can find Key City Beer, grocery stores, supermarkets, but guess what? Not only can you find it at Fleetway Market, but um, you can find it at the Keg House. Have you ever been to the Keg House in Ridgeland? I have. It's a new partner on the show to go along with Barley's. And uh, we're super excited to have them. We're going to be telling you more about all the cool things that they're doing in Ridgeland and Madison. And um, they have Key City Beer. They have Urban South out of New Orleans. They're in a good spot, too, right on 51? They're right on 51, man. Yeah. They're right by the the Mexican place that everybody raves about. Casadores. That's right. That's where I went growing up. Casadores and then Fleet Feet's right next to it. So, that yeah, that's a good spot. You're... Marathon runner? I used to be half marathon. How many half marathons have you run? Four. That's impressive. I did I did four. Yeah, but that was also, you know, whenever you're in high school, somebody can tell you, hey, go run four miles, five oh, yeah, miles. yeah, that's all I did. And you're in good shape. Right. I mean, so. It, I, I'm with you. Uh, but now, I would definitely have to train, and I wouldn't do it anyways. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm past I, that I think point. My running days are over. I think Dr. Jason Kraft at Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center, after he did my left knee, my torn meniscus. 48 hours later, I was at Bravo. Um, You know, I just decided I'm a walker. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I took a great walk yesterday. I doubled up. It was wonderful. Kind of got lost for the afternoon. And, um, you know, it was really nice. Felt good. Ooh. It was just kind of cool just to pull over. And, you know, I went for almost an hour and a half. Wow. I needed it. Are you power walking or just a leisurely stroll? In between. Okay. I mean, I'm not out there power walking. Like, when did that became like the thing in like 1990 for women? Yeah. They'd kind of shift, yeah. shift the hips. All and, hips. Kind of like they were punching a punching bag. You got, yeah, like a rock and I'd see that on the track at, in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, women walking, talking. And, um... But no, I'm not. I'm not power walking, but it's a good pace. Gotcha. Yeah, I could see you got to break in a sweat a little bit. Though. Come to the gym with me today. We'll figure all this out. I'm it, not. I've got two meetings after the show that I'm very excited about, and I'm not going to go to the gym. I am going to take a walk again because it's getting up to 64 degrees. Golden Moon Casino, bet 50, play 30, Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. That's huge. Bet 50, play 30, 64 degrees. Call your client, your friend right now. Go make money on the golf course. Bet 50 at the sports book. Play Dancing Rabbit Golf Club for 30 bucks. That's their deal promo. Bet 50, play 30. The Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Uh, presented by Kessler Prime and the Renaissance. Wonderful steaks. Bourbon. Excellent wine list. Six private dining rooms. KesslerPrime.com to make a reservation. Jason's with me. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. We got the dogs and the Rebs tonight. Ole Miss is favored by a bucket. And 
I'm okay with that. I think Ole Miss should be the slight favorite. I think it could be a hell of a ball game. I think there's all kinds of matchups that I'm intrigued by. Um, as I said earlier, both on the perimeter and down low. Um, and I can't wait to see how the game is called. And, you know, what do we call um, Dead ball scoring. Something else to keep an eye on tonight. Uh, how many times do you get to the rim and get fouled and actually shoot free throws? And how many do you make? And then, um, you know, Jason loves Flanagan. Transfer from Auburn. He likes Murray, the Bronx dude. Morell feels like he's been there forever, kind of like Tolu on the other side. Yeah. Right? Morell yeah. and Tolu, they were both at the uh, Howell Gillum last year at Pearl Re- We did it in the Golden Moon. It's a beautiful room. You know, the Golden Moon has a really nice banquet room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? And it that's where they had the Howell Gillum. Both Matthew Morell and Tolu Smith were there. And they're both outstanding young men. And they're both phenomenal basketball players. Mm-hmm. Um, different positions and all that. But uh, there's, they're the guys that you feel like have been there a long, long time. And um, But there'll also be some guys that you don't talk about that will need to make some plays as the game unfolds. So um, I cannot wait. 7.30. Old, it's going to be packed, sold out. And it'll be loud, and it's hard to win on the road. We, I think y'all have all, um, we got the guys who cover basketball, and they're throwing up the numbers as far as SEC teams on the road. It's bad. Ole Miss got them a coveted road win on Saturday against A&M. Uh, Mississippi State hasn't won a road game. Um, but they beat Tennessee and Auburn at home. Yeah, that's a fair trade. That's a good, I would do that trade. I, I'd do that to you know, sacrifice that 30-point loss to Tennessee or Auburn. Yeah. But, hey, who knows? I mean, I think what you talked about yesterday and last week, Cam Matthews is a deciding factor in a lot of these games. Yeah. And I'm just interested to see if he has one of those pop-off games like last, like on Saturday. Yeah. Or if he just kind of goes back to, you know, being a a facilitator. Right. You know? Right. Well, um, and and what does Beard do with Tolu? You know, and and how do they? I mean, I think they're going to double. How do they double? You know, that type deal. So that's a good point, though. As far as math, I, I said this. I, I, I'm going to die on this hill. Uh, Cam Matthews has to be aggressive. He's got to be a big piece of the puzzle. He can't be a role player as a starter. He's got to be a a production workhorse. And if he's not, if Ole Miss can take him out tonight, then it'll be a long night for Mississippi State. So we'll keep an eye on, you know, kind of how that that looks. Josh Hubbard finally got the start last weekend. It worked out. He was the freshman player of the week again, Jason, by the way. And so Hub's playing good ball. You mentioned Murray over on the other side from the Bronx and um, another transfer. And then I do like Flanagan, 6'5", 6'6". And we'll see what Sean Jones can do coming off the bench for Mississippi State. He's their six 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 seven guy who can do a little bit of everything. He hadn't found a shot the last couple of games, but he's done some other good things. Seems like he's hustling around. And um, 
Beard, again, Beard and Jans know each other very, very, very well. I had a conversation with Jans a couple months ago, and um, he talked about he and Chris knowing each other, and Chris and Chris knowing each other, and uh, how long they had known each other and how much respect he had for him. So these two coaches are awesome. They're good. And, um, well, it was an upgrade over Howland and Kermit Davis Jr. So, And I know Ben at one point was three straight Final Fours at UCLA and a Sweet 16 at Pitt. And, you know, he had it rolling. He just didn't quite pivot and adjust with the times. Mm. I mean, Ben Ben's a good coach. He won a ton of games at Mississippi State. Um, had a couple of super fringe NCAA. Made it once. Went out to Portland, Oregon or Oregon Ducks Arena and lost to Liberty. But, uh, you know, he... The program was on the... Had been burned down, you know, when he took over. So he did some good things. The Ag Up Equipment text line, 601-885-3776. Twitter X at Bo Bounds. Got a couple of giveaways we need to talk about on the other side. The uh, Patron Tequila Caller Line, 601-707-3750. DJ Durkin to Auburn is defensive coordinator. Austin Thomas, Lane Kiffin's general manager. Some people say he's the best in the business. Leaving Ole Miss to go where? Back home to LSU and join Brian Kelly's staff. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. We're powered by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. Maybe get a pistol on your little finger. Maybe get a pistol on your thumb. We got to We got some good audio this morning. Um, real quick, Jim Harbaugh getting a fight at 39 years old. Jason, yeah, I can see you doing that. What? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, having, you know, two kids, you're in Olive Garden, you all of a sudden throw down over the breadsticks or something. But what, t- tell me about it. I thought it was hilarious. So, uh, so Jim Harbaugh said that basically the last fight that he got in, was when he was 39 years old. Right. When he's talking to these people doing a podcast. Right. They're blown away. And he's like, no, it wasn't that big of a deal. I don't want to throw these guys under the table. But we were at Bennigan's, which... Bennigan's, baby. I've never been to a Bennigan's. That's probably a good thing. Well, they were already closed once you grew... It was one of those... They were mismanaged, I guess, somewhere corporately. Uh, It's the only thing I can think of. We had a Bennigan's over there by Broad Street. Um, over there by Hooters that closed, but but down a little bit. Gotcha. Actually, right beside it, I think. Mm, da, 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 da. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, and so he said that you know they were having some beers, uh, hanging out, and then somebody said something to his buddy. They got in a fight in Bennigan's. Love it. Uh, they asked Harbaugh if he won. He said, "I don't think I won. I, I got a couple shots in." You know, which I can't. I can't tell if that's the cocky guy. Yeah, I beat him up good. So way that, to say it. So that's about 20 years ago. It's but he got luckiest before iPhones. Oh yeah. 
You know, today, yeah. if Harbaugh get, I mean, let's just fast forward to today. If Jim Harbaugh tonight was in Bennigan's in um, Los Angeles, why, why you would go there, I don't know. But anyway, let's just say he's not at the Palm or Chateau Marmont, which is where I'd be. But but if he's there at Bennigan's and they throw down, people are whipping out their iPhones in two seconds. No and doubt. And it's viral in 30 yeah, it didn't even take a fight for Urban Meyer to get caught. <laughs> like, oh, at a when bar. he was at the bar? Yeah, it didn't. yeah. I mean, he was just sitting there. Imagine if a coach is throwing haymakers. When he got the lap dance? Yes. Ah, okay. Anyway, Jim Harbaugh <laughs> getting in a fight at 39 years old at Bennigan's is nothing short of awesome. Do you know guys that would do that? Mm, shuckers. Uh, I'm, not be- I'm not good friends with them. But I do can know. You a think couple, of a guy? Yes, I could think of a guy that in Shuckers, if somebody bumps into him and yeah, just bumps. I mean, yeah. Let's just throw. Exactly. Let's just go. That, that you know, everybody's having a good time. I'm going to totally screw it up. You know, throw somebody over a bar table. Oh yeah. Then get another group involved, right? Right. Drinks go on a female. Exactly. Then the, and then the boyfriend exactly. steps in. Exactly. And then here comes the bouncers. Then somebody hits a bouncer, then it's really on. Then it's on. <laughs> then, then we got to get Ridgeland PD. Mm-hmm. Sheriff's department's there. It's just a big... Everybody misses work the next day. That's what Shuckers is missing out on. Instead of letting these people have, like, fight in the parking lot for free, should just, make, make it an event. I think you should just put a ring in the middle. Why not? Yeah. I mean, settle it. You got to... Say you have to pay 40 bucks to fight. Okay. Sign a waiver. You get to and it settle goes your to charity. Exactly. Like first responders. Yeah, you get to settle your because they'll have to come get you. Right. <laughs> because you'll be all a bloody mess. Yeah. I think that's a way better idea. I do too. I actually like that. Street justice. Ooh. You know? At Shuckers. Yeah. Street justice. That's a movie. You probably put it on YouTube and have your own channel. That sounds like a Tarantino movie. Shuckers Street Justice. I agree with that. All right. Uh let's let's go with this audio. So Let's switch gears. We had to talk about Jim Harbaugh getting in a fight at Bennigan's. The Ag Up Equipment text line is 601-885-3776. He told this story on a podcast. And can't you see Jim Harbaugh getting in a fight at Bennigan's at 39 years old? With his kids and wife there. No doubt about it. Um, didn't you love that he said he was starstruck? Yeah. I was in awe when I met Justin Herbert. Keenan Allen. A, he just throws stuff out. You think? You know he's laughing when he says that stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, he's obviously been around amazing athletes. Like, oh, there's no he way played that, the NFL forever. Yeah, there's no way that he's really. He's not starstruck by yeah. Justin Herbert. No, he may think Justin Herbert, and I think he's right, has an incredible skill set, but he's not starstruck by Justin Herbert. That the Harbaugh's have been around. Uh, the biggest stars in the game the last 30 years. Yeah. yeah I mean, actually, a little bit longer because Harbaugh played. Somehow he stayed on rosters for 15 years or something. Yeah, You play in, are you coaching a Super Bowl with players like Patrick Willis and against Ray Lewis and all those other great players? Right. Justin Herbert's a, a kid that went to Oregon <laughs> to you. I yeah, mean, he's a quarterback yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. All right, let's talk about uh, the Dallas Cowboys and how dysfunctional they are. Uh, most of y'all know who Stephen Jones is, right? Jerry Jones' son. What would you say the percentage of our listeners know who Stephen Jones is, Jason? Ooh, 10%? Really? 
Fifteen percent. I feel like he's not very well known because everybody, you know, the problems point to Jerry because Jerry's the the fall guy. But I right. mean, you know, with good reason. <laughs> but you know, everybody points fingers at, at Jerry and then the head coach. I feel like not many. Well, people, Dak. Yeah, and Dak. I feel like not many people are looking into the the front office and okay. you know his family. And well, stuff. there's this Cowboys podcast. What's it called? Uh, them Cowboys? Yes. Okay. And one of them used to work for the Dallas Cowboys. And he's talking about how you can get the audio when you're, when you're a, an employee. You can listen to the audio of the conversations that go on during the draft after the fact. And that he would do that. And all the deals that you're offered. You know, I mean, people are calling each other all the time, right? Yeah. Green Bay may call Atlanta, right? The Ravens may call the Arizona Cardinals. The Seahawks may call the Cowboys. The, we get all that, right? The Bengals may call the Patriots and all that. Well, he's talking about it. Stephen Jones is the son of Jerry Jones, and he's the direct. I, I know. I'm trying not to laugh. Director of Player Personnel, Executive <laughs> VP of the Cowboys. Listen to this story about Stephen Jones during the draft. One of my favorite parts was after the draft, going through all the tape of the draft and seeing who called them because it's all recorded, you know, like all the all the all the trade requests and all that. <laughs> it's all it's all just seeing, you know, all that like so the stuff they turned down, you know, uh, when they could seeing have or, or or listening, seeing and listening because it's all the the phone lines are, you know, if you watch the secret audio, the phone lines are all connected in through the cameras too. So every Did the Lions ever try and offer him Stafford? I'm just um, kidding. I'm just kidding. I know another Lions <laughs> saying that I'm not going to mention spe- yeah. specifics about, but there was a call on the, about the Lions uh, from they the tra- Lions during this time. The Sorry. Lions called him and, and offered him somebody and Stephen was like, who is that? And I mean, it was a, it was a pretty decent name. And he was like, who? And Lions Megatron. Uh, he's a blah, blah, blah. And they explained who it is. He's like, Oh, we'll call you back. And Steven just like hangs up the phone and just sits there and keeps watching the draft. (laughs) Doesn't even tell anyone that somebody called, doesn't even ask Will who this guy is. (laughs) And then the guy calls back like five minutes later. It's like, Hey, did you think about that? And he's like, yeah, no, bye. (laughs) What would you say his title is again? This is so ridiculous. Uh, trust fund baby. But, um, Director of Player Personnel and Executive Vice President of the Cowboys. You think they'll ever win? I mean, it's all Dak's fault. But if you can't listen to that story and understand that they don't have a general manager, that no, even the ones that have been losing don't operate like this. Okay? I mean, they without Dak and Romo, they would be the Jets, the Browns when they were terrible, the Texans until C.J. Stroud, and the Arizona Cardinals. The only reason they've been winning 10-plus games a year, they are literally carried by number four. Stephen Jones didn't know who it was and then didn't tell anybody. And by the way, <laughs> yeah. when he referenced Will, it's it's Will McClay. And even though he's not the GM, he, he actually knows the names of players on rosters, unlike Stephen and Jerry Jones. I'd like your reaction on the Ag Up Equipment text line, 601-885-3776. Mike Dettelier coming up next. Justin Parker, Mississippi State pitching coach, baseball, 930.
Uh, Mike Dettelier on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Bundle your car and home and save. With your local Farm Bureau Insurance agent, they'll take care of you and your family. Go local. Go with the home team. Mike D at Mike Dettelier on Twitter. WWL Radio TV New Orleans. This is the Out of Bounds Show. ESPN 105.9 The Zone. You can watch the show right now on YouTube. Search Out of Bounds Sports. Mike D, um, we were talking to Jeff Duncan lately, uh, yesterday, and how, how much do you think, because he's, he's again in, in the Super Bowl again, how much do you think Sean Payton regrets firing Steve Spagnola after that was a year that he had to sit out and then he fires him at the Senior Bowl? How much do you think he regrets that firing? <laughs> Knowing Sean, he got zero regrets. I mean, that's just the way he feels about it. Um, it. It's a mystery here of exactly kind of what happened in a historically bad defense. Uh, Sean was not around, but he had heard everything we heard media-wise. Uh, it, it, it's not any secret. A lot of the players on this team uh, did not connect very well with Steve Spagnola at all. And there was some discourse uh, with a number of players and the way Spagnola coached defensively. So, and you got to know Sean. He could care less about that. That That's way down on the list uh, as far as uh, regrets that he might have. Uh, I just think it's a, it's a great story. I know Steve a little bit. I know – guys on his staff uh, better. Uh, Brandon Daly's one of them. Brandon has been to our Louisiana Lion Camp 19 straight years. Wow. He's been to Louisiana Lion Camp. He was the New England Patriots uh, defensive line coach and run game defensive coordinator. He left because he was good friends with Spagnola. And he went initially to Kansas City as their defensive line coach, run game, defensive coordinator, and then switched to linebackers. In less than two weeks, he will play, he will coach in his eighth Super Bowl. Uh, When I interviewed him this summer, him and I were talking, and he was like, you know, for me it was it's seven Super Bowls he's coached in. Won five, lost two. Now he'll be in his eighth. And he's always praised Steve about his attention to detail, his ability to get the very most out of a player, and that uh, he puts a lot of emphasis on the cerebral part of the game. Maybe all that didn't click here. Uh, That was some massive turnover in personnel from that defense. Um in, in a couple years. So it, it didn't jive together very well with the personnel here, but then Sean made some massive personnel changes. But does it bother him? <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> no, it doesn't bother Sean one bit about what happened here 
I think he felt he had to make that move and go to someone else because uh, at that time, Sean heard, which many of us in the media heard, it was not connecting between Spagnola and the players. Mike D on the Out of Bounds Show. All right, let's go to Dan Campbell. Uh, Sean Payton, former Sean Payton assistant. You know him. Um, everybody's talking about him going. He's been going for fourth down all year, and he didn't hesitate in the playoffs, and he didn't hesitate in the NFC Championship game. Um, how do you see it, Mike? Should he have kicked the field goal? Should he have kept doing what he was doing? Where do you land on it? Uh, the the two things that jumped, I think, I, I, I mean, for me, I'd have kicked the field goal, and I would have not thrown – I would have not run the football on the third down near the goal line. But, you know, Dan has always been a very aggressive, hyper-aggressive coach. And he did, he has done that more than any other coach in the NFL. So he pretty much stuck to what he has always done, and that has been aggressive, and try to go for touchdowns instead of settling for a field goal. It didn't surprise me. Was it the smart thing to do? No. I think, you know, at that point in time, you kick the field goal, you take the three points. And if you're trying to keep your timeouts, why'd you run the football on third down? Uh, Those two things. And I think running the football on the third down play, I think he probably regrets that a lot more than going for it. Because if you've been in that mode of going for it all season long, and if you've watched Detroit, that's exactly what he's done. Uh, it shouldn't surprise you. It shouldn't even be a question asked because if you've seen him, that's how he's been uh, the, the entire time. Would I have been more conservative with it? Yes, because it is the NFC championship game, and I needed those points, and it would have sort of broken, I think, a little bit of the momentum that the 49ers were starting to grasp at that point in time. But you look at that game plan in the first half, could it have been any better? I mean, they it was incredible. Oh man. Uh, I mean, they had no, and, and this is what makes me before the season, I, I picked Kansas city and San Francisco to get there. And I, I knew the lions. I told you last week, they're going to keep this game close. Uh, you know, a lot of people you thought did. it was going to be a blowout. But I, I just knew it because the 49ers have had difficulties stopping the run. They could not stop Green Bay's rushing attack. Could not at all. And then had real difficulties stopping the run in the first half. So th- there's a kick there. And Kansas City and Andy Reid, they, they see what I see. That there are some holes there uh, up front with the 49ers, and have they gotten a great pass rush? Bosa got a couple sacks, but it was late in the game. But they were able to keep Jared Goff clean for the most part. Uh, man, if you don't get pressure on Mahomes, you got you got difficulties, real difficulties uh, out there. So uh, Dan did what he's always done. And, again, he's if you live by that, you're going to die by that sometimes. Right. And, and, but he's one with it that same aggressive state. So um, I, I get the criticism for him. I, I, I really do I understand it, and I would have been more conservative with it. But 
head is Dan Campbell through and through. Believe me, it's, it's just the way he is. And and he and that's not gonna stop. He's always gonna be that way. Always gonna be that way. It's just part of his DNA as a coach. And I think I get a little bit of it. A little bit of it is Parcells, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is Sean Payton. <laughs> who did things similar. I still think and he's Sean, coach of the year. Sean didn't. Sean could care less if anybody thought it should have been different with him. I mean, that's just his makeup as a coach. He's going to do it his way. You might not like it, but he's going to do it his way, one way or another. Well, okay, so it's. I think it's easy to beat up on Dan Campbell, but he also turned around a, a terrible franchise. He's done an amazing, remarkable job. Yeah, he, he's done a great job. Uh, but I, you you got to give it to him. The structure of that organization was horrible. And he brought a picture of the type player that he wanted there. And I think that, to me, is such a big key in sports today. To have a coach that can throw that out there and and sort of build that structure and work with your GM, your player personnel people, to build that formula and put it in place. A lot of people talk about it, very few can do it. They hold on to the same formula forever, and then it ends up sinking the boat. <laughs> um, so you were – how much are y'all around the assistant coaches, Mike D., throughout their time in New Orleans with the Saints? A lot during the summer, you know, because of the fact that, you know, going to practice daily, you, you're around them, and you have access. To him, so you, we we knew Dan, you know, and Bobby knew Dan, and so and he would hear us, you know, daily, and he would just laugh that you you know you guys are like you know, um, I'm gonna soften it up, Cajun stereo. <laughs> <laughs> he had another term for it, but I'll I'll just say Cajun stereo was how he would put it, and and he he was like, man, I. I it's hard to turn off. Listen, it's it's really good, but you know, you know, he he, he had some terms for it. Then uh, he was he was funny about it. And then some coaches they don't they don't listen to anything. You sure. know, they might watch a little TV and that sort of thing. And so when you talk to them, they know who you are, but uh, you have access. And then you know, you know, like with Zach, Zach was a player. Then he became media. Then he became coach. And so, you know, he knew us as media, as a player, and then he, we worked with him. <laughs> and so it was a connection. Uh, Bobby's roommate for a couple years was uh, Doug Marone. Ah, okay. And so, you know, that was the connection. He would tell me the story about, man, one time I asked Bobby to help me trying to get a car. And he was like, Bob, I'm not asking you to pay for it. Just ask me to hook me up with somebody that'll at least make me a good deal. I said, oh, you got it? He said, no, I'm still waiting. You know, it was it was Doug being <laughs> Doug and kind of putting the dig to Bear. So um, we all had connections. And then Coach O, when he was there for, for a short time, 
with the Saints, you know, because we all kind of grew up together. We're similar ages. Uh, we have, you know, probably a year or so apart between us. But so th- there's a lot of different connections, but we had a lot of access to those type guys uh, each and every day, especially during the summer, during the practice sessions where they take you and, you know, you, you can ask for an assistant coach to uh, Dana you Curtis Johnson. Yeah, uh, was with the Saints for a long time. Tulane uh, was a Tulane coach, and and then now, and I think he's in the uh, the XFL or USFL. Um, Curtis grew up probably twenty minutes from me. Wow, Curtis was a great track athlete. Him and his brother were really great track athletes, and so uh, <laughs> Curtis Curtis coached all over, and then he coached with Sean at San Diego State, but he coached for a long time at Miami of Florida. Um, and, um, so, uh, similar sort of kind of connect the dots as, as coach O did because coach O was there for a while. Mm. Mike D WWL radio TV, New Orleans. He joins us on the farm bureau insurance guest line. Okay. So Mike, I just put some of this together. Um, Dan Campbell, um, was drafted out of Texas A&M and he played at the Cowboys from 03 to 05 while Sean was an assistant under Bill Parcells. I have that right. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Right. Correct. Okay. Okay. And then he kind of goes around and then Sean brings him back in 2016 and then he goes from you know that it's kind of rare, Mike, right? I mean to 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 be an assistant head coach and tight ends coach and get a head coaching job. Um, well, he was the interim coach with the Dolphins also. Right, but, I mean, and he, you know, he won a few games, and it wasn't a, t- I think he went five and seven, so it wasn't a bad stretch considering, I guess, the circumstances. But but you usually, not all the time, I mean, Harbaugh was a special teams coordinator for the Eagles before getting the Ravens gig, but you're usually an OC or a DC, right, Mike? So that's a little bit different path that, that Campbell was able to go from assistant head coach, tight end coach to the head coach, and it's worked. Yeah, and uh, I look at uh, Antonio Pierce uh, with the Raiders. That's right. And he he was never a coordinator, former player. Uh, and But I, I think it, it's too much sometimes overblown with that. And there's different ways to skin the cat here. Sure. Uh, we look at it and, and how you pick in a head coach. For the Lions, they needed a leader. They needed someone – that could bring some leadership and structure to their organization. And I thought the best hire with Dan was he brought in Ben Johnson to run his offense. Look at Ben Johnson's career. Uh, What on that resume tells you he's going to be that type play caller? None. Uh, The first time I heard about Coach Johnson was Pete Jenkins. Pete was uh, working with the Dolphins' defensive line in front seven. And he told him, we've got a young kid out here. He said, he's pretty damn good. I said, what is he, coach? He said, well, he's sort of a junior assistant. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, and he told me about Johnson. He said, man, he's real sharp, real sharp guy. But he said, you know, because uh, uh, Pete was one that would always tell you about a coach before he became the guy. Uh, he he would tell you about that that type of individual, and uh, he brought up Johnson to me, and you know he was 
just a, an assistant coach with the Dolphins and becomes the coordinator of offense. And, man, did he make it work. And he's close to getting the commander's job. I think he's going to be the new head coach of the Washington Commanders. Yeah. So, man, there's different ways to do it. Uh, a lot of different ways to, to get that job. And so I think it's what you're looking for. Uh, not everybody's going to have Jim Harbaugh's resume. Right. <laughs> okay. That, that's easy uh, when, when you got that type of resume. But it, it's to find a guy like Dan Campbell and, and how he's made it work. And a lot of people sort of laughed at the press conference initially of, you know, biting the kneecaps and, and all this other stuff. But if you knew Dan, that was not a real shocker. Because he he would say sometimes sort of outrageous things, and um, he, and he'd back it up. But you knew one thing: he was a tough guy, and he was a leader, and he would bring some toughness and structure to that organization, mm-hmm. and give Brad Holmes a lot of credit. He got him the type of players he he was looking for. Right. That yeah. was to add on to it, not having the high picks, because that becomes the second kind of prong in all this. When you're picking up at the top of the draft, you sort of have a good feeling for those players early. It's when you start picking later, because uh, and doing this for 37 years, you're probably in, in a draft class averaging 21 to 22 real first-round pick grades. It's what happens after that, because from probably 23 to 45, the grade difference is minimal. And who fits what you're doing? When they pick Jameer Gibbs, a lot of people, oh, they picked him too high. Right. Uh, Jack Campbell, uh, they picked him too high. Uh, Sam Laporta, oh, he didn't do that much at Iowa. Now, Brian Branch was a different story. I was surprised. Because I had Brian at 27, and he had a second-round pick grade, but I thought he'd go in round one. Brian played all over the board at Alabama and was really good. How he lasted to the second round, I still shake my head. And Laporta, for me, was 32. In a very deep tight end class last year. Ooh, he's that good. That we may never see again. May, may never see that type tight end class again. So, Dan picked them where he thought they were his type players and that they could make an immediate impact. You look at Campbell, Gibbs, Laporta, Branch, bang. It's Grand Slam home runs all across the board with those top four picks. Now you're picking much later. So that is a little different than when you're picking eighth or tenth or 13th. It's a different selection group because I think that um, the class expands where there's not much difference grade-wise. Hmm. Laporta can ball. You know, yeah, he was a really good player, and uh, he worked out with a friend of mine, and I, I got to see it for two days, and I'm wondering <clears> – <throat> Why didn't Iowa throw him the football more? You know. Well, they don't believe in first downs or scoring points. Dynamic. Yeah. I mean. Uh, I mean, my thing is, hey, 
uh, just get him the football. But he was so nifty for a big man, and, and that's what jumped out at me. His ability when he was in the open field to find a crease, find an opening, but he was so nifty after the catch. And when you up right up right next to him, he is a big guy, and yet he is really quick and sudden out into the open field. Yeah. All four of those tight ends, Mike, Sunday. Just unbelievable. And, um, I, you know, there, don't you think we have the, I mean, all four are amazing and there's others in the league that are really, really good, but Kelsey and Kittle, I mean, these are, these are the two best. And you see Laporta brought broke every rookie record, you know, ever for a He's amazing. End. Uh, so you saw that, and, and Andrews got hurt uh, during the season, but you look at his replacement, and Isaiah Lively is, he's a wide receiver playing tight end. Uh, but, man, can he catch the football? He He's a good player. But, but Mark's one of the top guys. He will never test out well, and it's why he lasted as long as he did on draft day. And, I knew it. Uh, when I saw him do all these individual workouts, that wasn't for him. Just get him on the field, and he makes plays. He's a lot faster with pads and a helmet on. They got guys today that get picked, and I shake my head. They're great athletes. They can't play football. Uh, but they can do all this Olympic stuff, which sort of throws you all kind of eye candy that you say, man, if I'm a coach and I hadn't really seen a ton of film on them when they're playing, you say, okay, uh, that guy's really good. You get him out on the field, he can't play worth a lick. Mark Andrews is a guy that can play at the highest level, and he's so good um, getting into and out of a cut and a break. Yeah. Can't, you can't see that in an individual drill. That That's something – that's just innate about him. And I think, you know, Campbell, he would talk about this a lot when, like, we would do the interviews and he would come on Sean's show as a guest or whatever. And he would talk about this, uh, always looking for that special trait from a player on what he could do. I'm looking for that special trait that that makes him a football player. And he would say baller. I, I want that baller. I want that baller. I, I, he said, I don't care about all this, you know, if, he can run a four, five, forty-yard dash, or he's got a forty-inch vertical jump, or whatever. His deal is, I just want him. I, I want to watch him play. He's right. He's absolutely right. And what he said in the locker room after the game, hit it. We may never walk down this aisle again. It's going to be much tougher because you were now hunting teams down, not a hunting you. Right. That's right. A different mindset. Mike Detillier, fantastic day. Thanks, Mike D. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Love it. WWL Radio TV New Orleans. Brought to you by Sound and Communications. Do you need a video wall for your business or company? Soundcomav.com. Do you need a sound system or upgraded sound system for your junior college football field, high school, college, gymnasium, baseball field? Powered by Soundcomav.com. Justin Parker, Mississippi State pitching coach at 930.